All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop bowl presentation Welcome to the Wednesday night edition of the Box Score Breakdown. It is January 29th, 2020. Uh, I am your host, Alan Sroki, joined as always by my fellow co-host, the captain, Kurt Beach. How you doing, Kurt? Alan, I'm excited to be here, man. Living the dream. Always a good time we hook up and talk hoops. Absolutely, man. It is always, it's been a lot of fun doing these shows with you, and luckily for you and I, we will not the uh, approaching the hour and a half to an hour 45 minute mark tonight <laughs> it is a very light Wednesday relatively speaking only six games on the docket so we'll be able to get through all these and maybe do a little deeper analysis on some of these other games too for you all um this is of course a hoop ball 
Hawaiian.com and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation, Hawaiian Isles. You can find them at their website at the name, HawaiianIsles.com. Search them up on Amazon just by typing in Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. And, of course, you can always find them on Twitter at H-I Kona Coffee. Give them a shout-out. Say that Alan and Kurt sent you Hawaiian Isles. Get yourself a cup today. We, you know, it's been a very interesting – it feels like an eternity – since we've done this show, Kurt, like, like actually, it's just, it feels, and it's only been a week, but it feels a lot longer than that. Yeah. A lot of news, obviously, with the Kobe Bryant tragedy that took place over the weekend. It, it's been very hard to focus on basketball, much less fantasy. And it's, it's, it's going to be nice, I think, to sort of get back into the swing of things, um, just to talk about basketball and remember all the good that Kobe brought to the game itself. Uh, you and I were talking about at the very beginning of the show, how today Yahoo uh, actually made it possible to put Kobe Bryant on your team, which I found to be an interesting and sort of unique tribute that that you could sort of pay to the Black Mamba um, and, you know, all the others that perished in the tragedy on Sunday. So, yeah, um, I'm sure you've all seen the the transaction trends on Yahoo. Kobe Bryant's been added to about 2,000 teams or so, so... It's a cool little thing that Yahoo did there. Shout out to them. Yeah, I like it too. It's a it's a nice tribute to to pay to pay homage to our late great Kobe. And mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking before the pod that there are some guys that he uh, having having that roster spot with Kobe in it might actually not be as bad as having some other uh, <laughs> low end players on your team. Um, Honestly, yeah. And I I thought about picking him up in a couple spots. Just, I mean, I feel like I kind of have to. Uh, if I got somebody trash on the end of my bench that I'm like, I, I, I'm not going to miss this guy. You know, who knows? Maybe Kobe Spirit will ride ride with your team and uh, take you to a championship. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that towards the end of the season, uh, once I start winning a couple championships here, that uh, right before uh, the, the roster's lock, I can put Kobe on my team. Because I don't know if you ever go back through the history of your your past leagues, you can look at like the roster that yeah. you had the last day of the season, and it'd be pretty cool to put Kobe on there. So it's just a small way of uh, paying tribute to him. Uh, obviously, I like know. it. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So we'll start from the top here. We'll go to our first game, which was a pretty big one in terms of fantasy. Uh, in terms of NBA news, it was the Chicago Bulls and the Indiana Pacers. Of course, this was the return almost of a year-long absence from Victor Oladipo, but I'll let uh, I'll let you take that one, Kurt. Instead, I get the very not-so-fun Chicago Bulls right now who are completely decimated by injuries, though we do have some interesting news on that front that I'll get to in a little bit here. We'll start, of course, with Zach Levine, who's essentially the only Chicago Bull that's, you know, the really reliable, and even, even he has been struggling hard without Laurie Markin in the lineup. He scored... 20 points on 7 of 23 shooting, 1 of 11 from three-point range. Had four rebounds, nine assists, a steal, and four turnovers. Um, He's been struggling with his shot a lot without marketing in the lineup, and that makes a lot of sense because I don't really know who your secondary offensive option is on this team in its current state. It might be Tomas Savaransky or Thaddeus Young, which uh, not great. Uh, in, uh, in the 2020 NBA, it's pretty predictable that Levine would be struggling with his shot. And, you know, I was actually kind of a believer of what he had been doing over the last month or so, where he'd been playing 
around a second round level. I mean, it was really, it really looks like he's turned a corner. And, you know, without Markin in, in the lineup, uh, another offensive creator that could really crater um, Levine's shooting, which could create a buy low opportunity for him, of which I would not get right now because the shooting is just going to be pretty horrendous. But to keep that in mind as we keep moving forward here, he's definitely set to drop some of the rankings. Elsewhere in the Bulls roster, we have, of course, Thaddeus Young, saw 36 minutes, started filling in for Laurie Markin and 7 of 11 shooting from the field, one three pointer. 16 points, two rebounds, two assists in a steal. He's probably going to be a top 100 guy to a top 80 guy in this fill-in starting role, so he should be owned in standard leagues. Luke Cornett is another guy who we were touting as a standard league ad just last week, but he only saw 20 minutes, three of four shooting from the field with six points, four rebounds, and a blocked shot. He has lost a lot of momentum and playing time to Cristiano Felicio, who off the bench played 30 minutes, scored 11 points and grabbed eight rebounds with an assist on four or five shooting from the field. Really, at this point, neither are worth using at all. Uh, They're just, they're not reliable options. And you may not even have to worry about using them all that much longer because we got word today that Daniel Gafford could target a return later this week, potentially as early as Friday. And if that were to happen, he immediately would step, presumably he'd step back into the starting role, probably see a mid to 20 minute role. And in that case, he would become a standard league ad. So keep your eye very closely on him. You might even, if you have the space, you should, I would not be against the speculatory uh, ad. Tom, Tomas Sadaransky in 36 minutes scored 11 points to go with four rebounds, four assists, two steals and a three pointer on five of eight shooting. He's been up and down a lot recently, and more so down. Uh, he's had a nice couple of handful of ball games, and he's probably going to have more usage going around uh, in the offense with Mark in and out. So he's probably a guy that I'm holding in standard settings, but pretty fringe asset at that. And then Chris Dunn is the only other bull worth talking about who only saw 16 minutes in this ball game, six points, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He's also someone worth holding for the steals upside alone, but uh, you know it's. It's really kind of about that. That's the only thing that you can expect consistently out of Dunn. And uh, I guess before I uh, turn things over to you here, Kurt, uh, I should mention that Chandler Hutchinson, in 28 minutes off the bench, led the team in scoring. 21 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. And uh, I probably need to see a a few more games like these before I think about making an ad there. What, What else should we add to the Chicago Bulls mix here? You nailed it, man. I was disappointed with Cornette's run, and sadly it looks like uh, that's coming to an end. The minutes have been a little too sporadic. I like his blocks and threes potential, but just didn't really happen for him. Didn't really seize the opportunity there. So I'm with you on a speculative ad of Gafford. He's that guy that's got a decent fantasy stat set as well, and they don't really have a reason not to play him. He's probably going to be a, a good block specialist to close out the year. So I like that speculative ad move uh, there. I, I like it. Um, on the Pacers' side, as you mentioned, we got Victor Oladipo back after missing a year. So good to see him. I've got him in about three leagues myself. My expectations are low. We heard that he would have a minutes limit of 24 minutes per game at least through the All-Star break, and that he would miss one game of back-to-backs. He didn't quite reach that minute limit tonight, getting 21 minutes in the overtime game. But 
he did hit a three-pointer to send the game into overtime, so that's got to help pump him up some. His shot wasn't really falling. He took seven three-pointers. Uh, actually, seven out of his eight total shots were three-point attempts. Made one of them. Nine points, four assists, two boards, 21 minutes. Uh, you know you're not expecting a whole lot in somebody's first game back after a gruesome injury like that, but if you've been holding on, pretty exciting to have him back. Uh, so I jumped right to the bench there. For the starters, Sabonis had 15 and 11 with five dimes, 38 minutes. TJ Warren, 25, four and one, two steals, two triples. Um, Malcolm Brogdon returned from his concussion after missing two games. He went for 15, eight and nine with three steals and a triple. Solid line from him. Jeremy Lamb, who a lot of people are uh, speculating he's the one that'll take a hit if Oladipo ramps up to a higher amount of minutes. Tonight he was yeah, kind of low end. 10 and 5 with two steals. He still saw 32 minutes though. Um, I'm not opposed to dropping him, but if you've been riding him now, you and he's been doing it for you and whatever your league setting is or league size is, you might as well ride him till uh till we really see him take a ding. Um, but I can't fault you for dropping him either. Jakar Sampson started and he's not a standard league guy. Off the bench, Justin Holiday got 29 minutes for 13, 4, and 3. Chipped in a steal and three triples. You know, he's got that good deep league threes and steals potential. Goga Patazzi had 10 and 4 with a block in 15 minutes. And TJ McConnell, who had a few good games in a row for, for deep leaguers in the assist department. He's probably a drop with Depot back and... As is Aaron Holiday, who, if I'm seeing this correct, uh, was a straight-up DNP coach's decision. Unless I'm missing something. You'll have to correct me on that one, Alan. But it looks like he uh, was just pushed out of the rotation tonight. If you wanted to try to sell high on a guy like TJ Warren, if you think he's going to take a hit with Oladipo ramped up, he gave you an opportunity to do that. So did Brogdon. But I'm honestly not worried about them taking much of a ding. It's going to take Oladipo a while to get up and running, I would assume. So they provided you the opportunity if you want it. I don't think you necessarily need to take it. They might see a little bit come off their value, but I don't think it's anything to worry about. Really, that's all I got here, Alan. Did I miss anything? What's your take on these guys? Definitely didn't miss anything. Um, the, the, the take here is just I'm very fascinated by how these minutes are going to go for the wings and the guards with Oladipo coming back. And like you mentioned, Aaron Holiday was a healthy scratch tonight. He didn't. He, there's nothing wrong with him. He, he was just benched. And I find it interesting that that was like the, the first big source for Oladipo to absorb minutes was the 17 to 19, however many Holiday was taking. Right. Oladipo just took all of those. And... You know, I'm just kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. I think I read something that he's going to be around 24 minutes maximum, at least through the All-Star break. So maybe we'll see him ramp up midway through February. Um, Jeremy Lamb, I think I'm a little more... Uh, I've been pushing the whole train on him probably a little harder than others have been. Just because I think that he really could hold on to a pretty high minute share. I think that there are a lot of sources that the Pacers can take minutes from to give to Oladipo, and it might not come at the expense of Lamb. And if it comes to where Oladipo replaces Lamb in the starting lineup, it could behoove Lamb to become the sixth man for this team, go against some weaker second units, and be the go-to offensive guy uh, when Oladipo sits. 
so I, I'm I'm pretty I'm interested. I'm very I was encouraged for the the whole lamb sort of thing by seeing that he got all these minutes tonight. Of course, Miles Turner didn't play, so that might affect how some of these guys get minutes down the road. Uh, so we need to see what that looks like once he's back with Oladipo. But so far, so good for Jeremy Lamb, even though tonight's line was rather uninspiring. Yeah, I like it. And good catch on the Turner. Uh, he missed because of an illness, I believe, but I skimmed right over that. He, by the way, I think is a pretty good buy low. I mean, he's been a buy low all season. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not going to be that second-round guy that some people were touting him as. But I think he actually played better with Oladipo. Um, I think... It was almost going the same way last season. Everyone was so frustrated with him. Be like, this is just who he is. And then I feel like he just really got going. So I could be wrong, but I'm hopeful that his value comes up some as Oladipo ramps up. Yeah, same here. I think, and I think there is something to that, you know, with all these new pieces around uh, Oladipo being a guy with the chemistry relationship with Turner. That if, if Turner is going to tur- turn, <laughs> I didn't mean to use that there but if he was to turn the corner at some point you kind of have to bank on that Oladipo sort of developing a rhythm with him as the year kind of comes to a close being that little linchpin for that uh that bump yeah so I think I'll do it for that first game a lot of stuff to go over there we'll uh see if it's the same case for the next one Detroit in Brooklyn Brooklyn taking this one 125 to the Pistons 115 we'll start with Detroit uh, Andre Drummond look, is playing like a man who wants to be anywhere else. He shot 5 of 16 from the field, 13 rebounds, 12 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and 5 turnovers. The defensive stats and the rebounds are all there, and it's all why you have Drummond. But the fact that he, I mean, he's been really shooting the ball poorly over the last couple of weeks or so, considering that he's a guy who takes shots no further than 5 feet from the rim. The turnovers are also really bad. He's just not focused. And I don't blame him. This is a lost season on a lost team. And if you've been reading the trade, uh, the rumor mill on him recently, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of traction on getting him out of Detroit. So maybe he has his mind on greener pastures. Maybe he snaps back into it if like, the trade deadline comes and pass. Whether he stays or not, there's some sort of finality as to where he'll be to finish the year might help him play better. But he's been pretty rough uh, as of late. Derek Rose, on the other hand, has been fantastic. He scored 22 points, uh, continuing to start 9 of 15 shooting from the field, six rebounds, five assists, uh, a three pointer, and two turnovers. I also think that he—he, he, I think he's a more realistic trade, frankly. Uh, I think that he's a very desirable asset for contenders right now, seeing how he's just looked really good, not only this season but last season too. There's definitely—I think he could bring a lot to the table to say your Lakers or Clippers out there. So he's definitely. I'm definitely intrigued uh, about the trade prospects for Rose. Um, whether or not he can maintain fantasy value, I mean, that's a conversation that's sort of impossible to have because who, who knows where he'd go. I guess it just figures he probably won't have as much leash as he has with Detroit right now. So just keep your eye on that as the deadline approaches next week. Bruce Brown Jr. has got the start, only played 18 minutes, scored six points, grabbed three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He's pretty much off the radar right now. Speaking of off the radar, Sekou Demboya played a paltry eight minutes in the starting lineup, did nothing. He had a steal. That's about it. I saw a tweet from, I think, Vince Ellis, who cover, who covers the Pistons, saying that Dwayne Casey after the game said that Demboya could be sent back to the G League. 
So really rough turn of events there for the rookie. I mean, he's also the youngest player in the NBA, so it's not entirely surprising. But uh, I mean, he's very far from that uh, that those those minutes that he was seeing earlier. So um, I think you can safely move off of him in all formats if you haven't already. Reggie Jackson is another guy of interest with Detroit right now. He has returned, and he is shooting like there's no tomorrow. 26 minutes off the bench, 8 of 14 shooting from the field, 23 points, four three-pointers, three rebounds, five assists, and a block shot. He's definitely been he's been playing really well in the four games that he's been in since his return. He's averaging 18 points, about three three-pointers a game, four assists, and a steal and nearly a steal and a half on 47% shooting from the field. He's not my favorite fantasy asset. I think he's kind of a black hole offensively. He's sort of shot chucker. If he's hitting his shots, that's pretty, you know, it's obviously a lot better. And, you know, there is an argument to be made that he could become a better fantasy asset with Blake Griffin not in the picture. The Pistons are more in need of both offensive creators and uh, both just scorers and playmakers. So there's an avenue for Reggie Jackson to take on a lot of playmaking duties, but I mean, you could just look at the box scores. He's definitely more interested in shooting the ball than passing. He's been top 80, though, in those four games. It's a small sample size, but he definitely serves a look on rosters uh, as long as he's shooting the lights out like this. And then Christian Wood, in 21 minutes, he's playing great. He, he had 20 points, 8 rebounds, and assists, 2 steals, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, which is also really impressive. Uh, he should just be on rosters at this point. He, he's been on rosters for a long time, and there's just no reason for him to be on waivers with the trade deadline looming uh, as close as we are to it. I mean, he, 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 you don't even have to use him. He just deserves a spot on the team just in case, you know? It's just one more week. What, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, there's nothing really else that I feel like are, are, is necessary to add for the Pistons. Uh, Kurt, what you got? Uh, only thing I'll add is on one of my more likable three-point streamers here, Svi Mikhailuk. I don't know what happened with the minutes tonight, only 19. But in the last 15 games, he'd been around 30 minutes and 19 seconds. And he wasn't in foul trouble. I didn't see any injury, and there was really no update news-wise. So... That one surprised me a bit. I have him in a lot of leagues. I like him more than some of the other three-point streamers out there. And this was the first game. Actually, in his last nine games, he'd had two or more triples and ten and a half points. And in that 15-game span I mentioned, he's been number 108 in 9-cat with 14 points a game and 3.0 triples. And for a guy getting you that many threes, he was shooting 46% from the field. Also getting you almost a steal a game. So I think his stat set's okay. Two rebounds, two assists, and they really don't have a reason to not get him out there and knock down those threes. So in all the spots that I have him, I'm holding him to see what happens. Um, I like him maybe even a little more than, than uh, say, like a guy like Joe Harris. Uh some of the other ones out there, Eric Gordon. Anyway, my my main take on them is that if I had him, I'd be holding, and I'm I'm ready. Well, I moved off of Doom Boy a long time ago, but I'm with young Christian Wood too. Gotta own him if he's out there somehow still. And Reggie Jackson also. I wasn't 
picking him up anywhere, but he's had a good run in this span. Uh, the four games, like you mentioned, he's prior to tonight's game being factored in, he was number 69. And I didn't think he could come that high after last year he played all 82 games and he was number 138 in 9-cat Yahoo ranks. Um, I'm looking at the numbers from last year to this year and not really seeing anything that looks crazy out of line. I guess he's scored closer to 18 points versus last season he was at 15. And then the other big discrepancy I saw was his steals last year were 0.7. And prior to tonight's game being factored in, he was at 1.7 in these last three games. So um, I guess you could ride him. He's not somebody that I'm really picking up. But if, if you need a, a low-end point guard, I guess that makes sense. Other than that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to point on Reggie. Um, do you have that? Do you know what he was shooting from the field by chance from last season? I do. So uh, last season he was at forty-two percent from the field, and I just looked at this season. I think it was forty-four-ish. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's about the same. And then free throws are actually down. Uh, without tonight's game factored in, he's at seventy-five percent in his three games. Where last mm-hmm. year he was at eighty-six. So that's actually got a good amount of room to go up, but all the other stats minus the steals and the scoring were pretty similar. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like your point on Savit too, because I've been monitoring like his shot share with Reggie Jackson back in the fold, and he's been averaging about nine per game uh, since Reggie returned. Uh, and tonight, uh, you know, put a dent in that with only two that he took. But the fact that he is getting shots up is sort of the key to his value, right? He gets into those threes and then the trickle with the minutes. He gets like the trickle of boards and assists on decent shooting. So I, I like your take on that. Yeah. All righty. Um, I guess jumping into, I guess I led into this without meaning to, but the net side with uh, Joe Harris. But we don't want to start with Joe Harris. Let's start with uh, Kyrie Irving. He uh, returned from missing the one game due to grieving with Kobe's passing. He had 25-5 and five with two steals, two threes. I didn't see this game, but I heard that he got the crowd chanting Kobe Bryant, and it got pretty emotional there, so that's that's a pretty cool thing. I'm, I'm not usually a, a big fan of Kyrie's uh, attitude sometimes, but that's that's a pretty cool thing he did there. Um, Torian Prince, I dropped him in a few places because his turnovers were just too high. His field goal percentage was taking a machete to my field goal percentage so I moved off of him but he's picked it up and if he's still floating out on your wire somehow uh tonight he had 22 and 7 with one assist four steals four threes and the shooting's been a little better with Kyrie around taking some of that defensive pressure off him so if he's out there on your wire I think he's a pickup if you don't mind those turnovers and you can deal with the field goal percentage Joe Harris nine points three rebounds two assists one three um, I hadn't looked into him a whole lot because I didn't own him, and I was just kind of surprised by how low-end a lot of his lines have been so far this season, and I don't think he's actually a must-own guy. Uh, speaking of not must-own guys, Karis LeVert off the bench, 22 minutes, 11 points, 1 assist, 1 steal. He has been pretty much a disaster. I'm trying to find him in the rankings. It's pretty hard because you got to scroll down real far. He's... <laughs> He's down at number 340 over the last 30 days. That is an 11-game sample size. 
34% from the field, 69 from the stripe, 1.9 turnovers. Um, I feel like there's more buzz around him than needs to be. I don't think he's a must-own guy, but if you got some of those guys in your league that really like, I guess I feel like his name value is pretty high. Maybe you could try to sell him, but I'm I'm fine with a straight-up cut right there. Jared Allen had 11-6-2, one steal, four blocks. Um, about as good a line as you can you want to have from Jarrett there with those defensive numbers. Garrett Temple started. You know, he's not a standard league guy. DeAndre Jordan returned after missing, I believe, nine games. Four points, eight boards, two assists, three blocks. Good return game from him. More of a 14-teamer, in my opinion. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Usually you expect him to take a hit with Irving back and also coming off the bench, but very solid tonight. 28-6. and six. Four triples, solid shooting, 8 of 13 from the field. Okay shooting from the free throw line, 8 of 11. Uh, Nicholas Claxton was a DMPCD, and so was Rodian's Karuks. That's all I got here, Alan. I, I'm looking for anything else. In terms of things that move the needle for me, like I said, I think if there's a hot free agent, you can drop Joe Harris. If Torian Prince is somehow still available, I'd pick him up. And that's that's really all I got that for things that are moving the needle for me. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. Joe Harris is a guy that I held on to for a little while too long, and I dropped him recently. He's pretty fringy. A lot of three-point specialists that you can go for out there that would probably do more for you. Yeah. Torian Prince is also a guy that I've just been really honed in on. I've been focusing on him with Kyrie returning, and not even that really, Karis LeVert returning as well, even though he's not a fantasy guy that I care about. The fact that Levert and Irving are back on this team, I think it's helped Prince offensively. In the nine games since Irving returned, uh, Prince has been close to uh, the top 100 in nine category leagues, and a lot of that has to do with his field goal percentage shooting all the way back up to 44, which I, I believe it was close to like what 32 or something over a very prolonged stretch with Irving out. Uh, Prince is better when he's not the focal point of the offense when there's other guys taking shots. And that includes LeVert, uh, includes Spencer Dinwiddie and Irving. Uh, I think Prince is just, yeah, I think he's able to get better looks. And, you know, the, all really all the other stuff, all the other parts of his game, the rebounds, the defensive stats, threes, like they've all still, they're all relatively close to the same. It's really just that he's shooting a lot better. So, and, you know, that that shooting percentage with Irving back is a little skewed because Kyrie missed a couple of games here and there. So I'm still keeping my eye on it, but I'm very encouraged by Prince. And he, like you said, if he's on the wire anywhere, he should be an ad. I like it. One one more take that I had on them, just a final thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving in his last six games is number four by 9Cat Yahoo ranks. So if I owned him, I would be trying to sell hard. Number four, great percentages, 25 points, five and six, 2.0 steals, low turnovers. If, if you're worried about his health and uh, kind of attitude towards not really liking the game in general, I think he's a super sell high. That's all yeah. I got, Alan. What do you think? No, I definitely. I'm, I'm on board with that. Kyrie is just a guy that I don't want a lot to do with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, the shutdown risk isn't so much a thing with Brooklyn as it is just, you know, like you said, the attitude and the injury history. It's just you, you, He's just such a shaky guy to rely on. For those who care about the Brooklyn, because you know, Brooklyn's six game is twenty and twenty six, they're not a good team. 
but they are kind of locked into the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. The nine seed is the Bulls, who sit at 19 and 31, uh, which is three games behind Brooklyn. Uh, you could make an argument that maybe Chicago can push them for a playoff spot, and if Brooklyn falls out of this race, Kyrie just sits it out. But really, if you're moving off of him, it's for the it's the injury history and the attitude. Yes, sir. Primarily. I'm with you. So let's move on. Let's truck right along to the next game. Memphis Grizzlies visiting Madison Square Garden in New York. The Grizzlies take that one, 127 to 106. This one got pretty ugly towards the end, and we'll, we'll address that once we get to the player involved in the late-game scuffle. We'll start, of course, though, with the exciting guys. Ja Morant, rookie of the year runaway right now, scored 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting, 10 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals in a block shot. He has been a stud recently. He, he missed half of his free throws, which kind of hurts you, but he didn't turn the ball over, and he was insane, plus 42 in this game. Plus 42. Not a single player uh, was close to that. Um, uh, he, he completely willed his team to victory here all night long. He's, uh, he, he's very exciting. Dylan Brooks is another guy who's been very interesting lately. He's been on a scoring tear. He scored 27 points on 9 of 17 shooting, three three-pointers, two rebounds, and that's, that's about it. The scoring, though, has been so consistent and so reliable that he's definitely been fantasy valuable. And, uh, he, he looks a lot more comfortable as the year has gone on. Still not my favorite guy because of the lack of pretty much anything else, but he definitely has earned his role, his uh, roster spot on a lot of teams out there. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. had five fouls, and that pretty much limited a lot of his game tonight. He only played 19 minutes, scored 10 points, two rebounds and assists, and a block shot with two three-pointers. The foul trouble continues to plague him. Jonas Valanciunas also didn't have a fantastic game. He only scored 12 points on 4 of 12 shooting. Did get 13 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal as well. He's been fine. You're not going to freak out there. And then uh, Jay Crowder, who uh, at the end of the game got ejected after taking a late three-pointer when the game was well in hand. Uh, Alfred Payton essentially tackled him baseline and led to a, a skirmish. He got ejected. Alfred Payton got ejected. For whatever reason, Marcus Morris found a way to get himself eje- uh, ejected and <laughs> saw some pretty dumbass misogynistic comments from him after the game. Uh, don't know why he had felt the need to throw those in, but, you know, the Knicks are all about losers, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Brandon Clark, uh, another guy. Worth, you know, worth your time. He had 27 minutes off the bench, 17 points, five rebounds and assists, three steals and a blocked shot on seven of 10 shooting. Uh, The lot more run because of Jaron Jackson's foul trouble, and that's helped him many times this season. And uh, not much else to add other than uh, my guy, DeAnthony Melton, did not play in this game. He missed his second in a row with a sore left hand in his non-shooting hand. This doesn't figure to be a very serious injury. Might just be more precautionary for the Grizzlies. I don't know when they play next, but maybe they have uh, some extra games here and there to give him a little more rest. He had been trending up recently in terms of his minutes. He had been getting close to the 25-minute plateau, which is something that will pretty much secure him standard league uh, fantasy value with uh, his steal rate and his ability to get those boards and assists, a trickle of three-pointers here and there. So he's a guy I really like and I'm still holding on to in hopes that he gets to play in his next game. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, all that, Kurt? Man, uh, I agree with everything. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like Melton too. Um, 
uh, I want to pick him up, but I just wish the minutes were a little higher. But I don't know. He's sitting on the wire in a couple of my leagues, and I just keep watching him, and I'm like, eh, no one's going to pick him up. No one's going to pick him up. And I feel like when I get to the point where I'm ready to do it, someone's going to beat me to it. But, yeah, I like it. He's got a good set set. Yeah, the the minutes hit, the minutes aren't totally there yet, but I, you know, I picked him up just out of hope that you know, the, the, this two game span that he's been on the sidelines has been kind of a stinker, really yeah. sort of slowed his momentum. But he has been trending up. Um, they keep finding ways to throw him out there with the other wings, and you know they they like. Oh, uh, oh, I forgot. There's one other thing I wanted to mention before we moved on here. Uh, Justin Jackson made his. Season debut with the Grizzlies. Speaking of DeAnthony Melton, the two came over in the same trade. He only saw five minutes in this one. I think he got the call up because Grayson Allen is out indefinitely with a hip issue. Um, so I guess that's just worth mentioning. Definitely no fantasy implications there. But it's interesting that he finally made his way back up to the big league club after being what many people thought was the centerpiece of the trade that they made earlier in the offseason. I'd rather have Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> All right, guys, on the Knicks side, we had Julius Randle go for 16 and 14 with six dimes. Uh, shot a nice 60% from the free throw line and about 33% from the field. Marcus Morris missed a bunch of shots as well, 5 for 17. 17 points, six boards, one steal, one block, three threes. You know our take on him that you'll probably want to try to sell, but you know who, who, who knows what's going to happen, really. Um, we thought the Knicks would go after a big free agent here in the summer, and that would blow things up. They reeled in Julius Randle, so that was the big fish. So who knows what's going to happen in New York. I can understand if you're just going to ride him for the points and threes. Taj Gibson starts, and you know you're not picking him up. Reggie Bullock starts, another three-point streamer, but he's about as low-end as it gets in terms of the three-point streamers out there. Rather have... I would way rather have Svee. I would rather have Joe Harris. Rather have Terrence Ross, Eric Gordon, all of them over Bullock. At least with these minutes so far. Alfred Payton, I slept on him for too long. Uh, the assists and the steals are really where he's going to help you. In the last 30 days, his rank doesn't look great. It's 161. But we talk about sometimes how rank isn't everything and you got to look at the stats that they're actually providing you his uh percentages are 44 percent and 36 from the free throw line in the last 30 days but he only takes 1.4 so it's not really hurting you as much as the ranking tells also in this span 14 games 10 points five boards 7.1 assists 1.3 steals so there's definitely a usefulness to that um especially when you factor in that that amount of assists, seven assists, is not something you can just pick up off the waiver wire. And I'm not looking at it offhand, but I think I think that's something like top 15-ish in the league. At least in that span, that 7.1 or whatever it is. Uh, let's see. Bobby Portis, I thought I heard they sent him down to the G League, but he got 14 minutes off the bench. Mitch Robb, our guy, got 10 and 9 with two assists, three steals, four blocks, and saw 31 minutes. Also only had one foul. So probably collectively one of his best games, one of his best overall games of the year in terms of stats, not fouling. Um, still buy, I still say buy low on him if you can. Damian Dotson, 
deeper leaguers, if you need a three-point specialist, I'd rather have Dotson over Bullock. And uh, Wayne Ellington got eight minutes. He'd, he'd be okay if he had solid minutes, but he's not getting them. Really not a whole lot moving here uh, in competitive leagues if Alfred Payton is out there. He's probably not in a competitive league, but if he's out there, I think you got to grab him, especially if, if you need some assists and steals. Did I miss anything, Alan? Definitely didn't miss anything, man. Uh, I went ahead and uh, did a little bit on the Alfred Payton point. I, th- I liked how you, you know, the point about the free throw percentage and how much of a drag that is to his ranking. Over the last month, when you filter that out, Payton is actually a top, he's like 102. So he's basically a top 100 guy. Wow. with some very usable counting stats with the rebounds and the assists. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's a very great point on that. Uh, uh, without the free throw percent, he's been a very usable standard league guy. And among the best passers over that stretch as well, I think about top 12 in the NBA with that seven per game. So nice. very interesting stuff out of him. And, um, yeah, Mitchell Robinson is – you know, I think that he, he. I remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about him, how I, you know, I kept bringing it up that he was, he kept going into these games with this like this probable tag because of this toe injury, and it was just so weird that he just it was like a nine game stretch where he kept saying, yeah, he's got this toe injury that he's playing through, and his minutes just sort of evaporated without that, and since that tag disappeared, he's played eight games without the tag since then. He's been number thirty nine in nine cat playing all the way up to 25 minutes a game. He's not scoring, but he's doing everything else. He's back to grabbing a good amount of rebounds. He's blocking close to three shots a game while getting a steal. This is pretty much the stuff that he was doing towards the end of last year when he won a lot of fantasy leagues for people. So I'm all on board. I'm trying to buy on Mitchell Robinson, guys. This is uh, I think that we can expect the higher minutes for him moving forward. Yep, now's the time. Mm-hmm. So with that... Uh, we got what three games left on the docket here. Halfway through, halfway through. So why don't we uh, why don't we just move along real quick to the next game? We have Utah visiting the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs winning that one, one twenty seven to one twenty. Um, Starting the Utah side of things, where Donovan Mitchell led the scoring charge with thirty one points on nine of twenty shooting, ten of ten from the free throw line, added in a rebound, four assists, and a steal, and three three pointers to his stat line. Rudy Gobert was uh, pretty much his Rudy Gobert self with 17 points and 19 rebounds, though no defensive stats, no steals nor blocks. Turned the ball over four times and missed nine out of his 18 free throw attempts. That'll kill you. <laughs> and also shot four of seven from the line. The The real thing that we're paying attention to, though, with Utah is the Mike Conley-Joe Ingles situation. Uh, Mike Conley still floating around 20 minutes off the bench right now. He scored 12 points with an assist and didn't do much else for you. The real issue, though, is with Joe Ingles, who, without Mike Conley, when he assumed the pseudo-starting point guard job, he was a top 40 guy in nine-category leagues. Uh, Over the last six games with Conley in the lineup, he has been number 229 in nine-category leagues, Um, a lot of which is tied to just his shot not being there at all. Um, but it's, it is also, it's, it's, it's not all that he's lost a lot of shots in the, he's only taking about six and a half a game compared to the 10 and a half he was taking when Conley was out of the lineup. He's still passing a lot. He's averaging seven assists over that six game span. And he's grabbing four rebounds and hitting a, close to a th- uh, three and a half per game. 
But even so, even if the shot was better closer to the 44, or sorry, closer to like, you know, like maybe mid 40%, he'd probably be a fringy nine category guy. So I'm very concerned about him. Uh, maybe it's poor timing with the shooting slump. Maybe it's completely tied to Conley. Maybe it's somewhere in between. Uh, either way, he's definitely a guy that I w- it, it, I'm probably going to hold, but I think from this point forward, I'm not starting him. If like I have like a games cap roto league sort of situation, I think that he should probably be on your bench until you can get a better sense of what's going to happen, whether or not he and Conley can figure each other out. Uh, but the returns have not been great so far. And uh, that's kind of it. Um, oh, uh, Bohan Bogdanovich scored 17 points and had nine rebounds and four assists uh, with four three-pointers. So this uh, rather fill fantasy, a, f- a, a much full fantasy line from a guy who typically doesn't have them. So that's kind of nice to see. Other than that, I think that's kind of it for the Utah side of things. Uh, anything else uh, on this one, Kurt? No, I'm, I'm with you. A concern with Ingles and Conley. I dropped him in a few places because I was just kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. I picked up... Uh, I picked up Darius Garland in place of him. Uh, this was about a week ago before Garland had the slump where he had the game eight turnovers, the game with no assists. And since I've since then, I've dropped Garland as well. But if you're in a position where Conley's sitting in your IR and you haven't activated him and you're not worried about trying to make a move, just keep him locked in that IR because it's not pretty right now. And who knows... If and when it'll get pretty, but if he's sitting in your IR and your team's solid enough where you don't need to make a move, just keep taking advantage of that. You got nothing to lose. Uh, I see so many people that when a guy comes back from injury, they activate him right away and cut somebody they miss, and then they're sitting on two weeks of a player who's like a shell of himself when they could have just kept him in the IR until they saw a couple good games. Yeah, that's an interesting point, you know, like... I've definitely employed that strategy here and there, like where maybe I wait one or two games when the guy comes back off of IR. Because, you know, it's, I've got a pretty itchy trigger finger. It's pretty hard for me to, like, not oh, me make too. an ad in a week. But I do like the philosophy of not throwing a guy out into the fire immediately. Um, and, and, you, know, like you could hold on to someone who could give you a little more value if you decide to wait a little longer. So, yeah, I, I like the, the strategy on that one. Yes, sir. Um... Well, I guess we'll jump over to the Spurs side, but before we do that, let me talk real quick about our our other partners alongside Hawaiian Eyes Kona Coffee. We have MyBookie.ag. You guys probably are understanding what they do at this point. Makes betting on the games more fun. You got NBA betting. Um, We got the Super Bowl coming up. Bet on whatever sport you want. Throw some dollars on the games. Visit mybookie.ag. Again, they're our partner, so we really want to support them. And it's still active where if you use the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. Again, that's the word TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. MyBookie gives you a 50% bonus up to $1,000. So throw $500 on there, get an extra $250. Throw $1,000 on there, get an extra $500. You get it. Again, the code is today, T-O-D-A-Y, and the website is mybookie.ag. A lot of our guys that are here with us on the Hoob are raving about their services. I'm not a huge better in this way myself, but um, or not a huge gambler in terms of unless it comes to just throwing a, jumping into a money league, but 
if you're gambling, like this is being touted as one of the best places to go. So give them a look. Uh, also, while you're at it, uh, follow follow our guys at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. They'll give you uh, advice on pretty much not only NBA but several different sports. I understand. I think hockey. Um, yeah, so definitely check them out. Alrighty, on the Spurs side, DeMar DeRozan, who is number nine in the last 30 days by Yahoo Nine Cat Ranks. Uh, I maintain that he's a sell high guy. Tonight, 38 points, five boards, five assists. We know Pop originated load management. If they somehow do not continue their run of playoff appearances, we could see some more rest for him. Even if they stay in the playoff race, like, Pop could sit him here and there. LaMarcus well, Aldridge did not play today. I believe it was a sprained finger, and he's expected to miss another game. So, Jakob Pertl, you'd hope a little more would come from him on the stat line. Four and eight, five assists, one block, and only 22 minutes. However, in the last month, 15-game sample size, uh, Pertl is averaging 1.9 blocks. Not much else. Uh, under five points, 5.2 rebounds, and 63% from the field, but only shooting 3.6 shots per game. So it's not helping you as much as it might look. But again, the 1.9 blocks is the key here. Getting somebody who's getting you close to two blocks a game is not something that you can pick up off the waiver wire very often. And especially if you're just looking to get a game or two out of him to beef up your blocks, um, it sounds like LMA is going to miss another game or two. DeJounte Murray had 16, 3, and 4 with three steals and a block. Solid game from him. Britton Forbes, three-point streamer. I'm not really interested in standard leagues. Uh, let's see. Derek White, who had a couple, a few really solid games here recently, minus the one dud the other night, had 10 points, two boards, two assists, two threes, and played 23 minutes. Just when I picked him up for the first time in one of my leagues, he, he burned me. And I understand running with him. You probably don't want to move on after this one was a okay, serviceable game and the last one was a bad one. I understand if you want to keep rolling him out there. But I am I cut him already since then, and I'm just – I think I'm done with that situation. I'm just uh, steering clear. Lonnie Walker, you know, interesting rookie, but not going to get enough minutes. Had 15 tonight. Patty Mills, decent three-point streamer, 18 points, three triples, two steals. Not much change in here for me besides uh, if Pirtle's still out there, like I said, and you need the blocks, I could see him as a pickup. But not much change in here from the fantasy landscape for me. Alan, is anything changing for you? No, nothing's changing for me. I'm also on the same page with Pirtle. Yes, it seems a little weird that Trey Lyles keeps getting the start over him with LaMarcus Aldridge becoming such a better three-point shooter over the last month or so. Like, he's shooting 42% from three. He's become a reliable floor spacer. Isn't that sort of the formula that you would want to sort of start uh, Pirtle out there? You would think I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it would seem to make sense because that's like always been the rationale is that you can't play Aldridge together for long stretches. But it feels like you can uh, with the way things have been going. Even so, I mean, without that, Pirtle has been like a ridiculously high block specialist, and 
definitely has a role on block needy teams for that. Um, other than that, uh, the point guard situation is still is still gross. Uh-huh. And uh, for all the people out there who have asked me recently whether or not they should drop Dejounte Murray, you, you just shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Uh, of all the, of the point guards, he's the guy that you just need to hold. He's the starter. He's going to stay the starter, as far as I'm aware. And he's just you know, he's he's the kind of guy that if you drop him, you're just going to regret it at some point. Even if there is just filled with headaches, he's got enough upside to warrant a spot on teams, even if he's not as good as you thought he might be. I agree. If you need right. to cut one of them, cut White. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's definitely the tougher guy to rely on. And I don't even think, you know, they both have very appealing stat sets. I think that I like Murray's a little bit more. Um, so that'll do it for that. We have two games left to get to, so we'll hop right to it. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder blew out the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. 120 Thunder, 100 Kings. We'll start with the Thunder here. Uh, Chris Paul. Made a return to the floor after taking his last game off to mourn the death of Kobe Bryant. He was pretty rusty in this one. Only shot 3 of 12 from the floor. Scored 9 points. Had 10 assists, 7 rebounds, and a steal with no 3-pointers. He'll obviously be fine moving forward. That game that he missed was actually the first game he's missed all season. So, it's really been a rev- Paul's been a revelation all year. And he should be just held on to with a vice grip pretty much everywhere. Steven Adams, in this one, he only saw 26 minutes, scored eight points, grabbed eight boards, had an assist, a steal, and a block shot. Danilio Gallinari, in 29 minutes, scored 19 points to go with four rebounds, four assists, no defensive stats, and four three-pointers. So, nice 4-4-4 action out of Gallinari. It's a pretty serviceable fantasy line. Um, let's see here. Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues to be just very studly. In nine category leagues, 17 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, three three pointers, a steal, and two blocks. He's a ton of fun to watch uh, and to own right now. You just keep rolling him out there. The interesting one here, the interesting line on the night is uh, Lou Dort, who started at shooting guard, scored 27, uh, sorry, didn't score 27, he scored 23 points in 27 minutes, shot eight of 12 from the field with two rebounds. Um, and a steal and a block. I haven't been really monitoring the the, the situation with Oklahoma City. I, I've read some stuff, at least with like the, the forwards and like the swingmen type of uh, players. I've been reading stuff though that like internally they're very impressed with Dort's progression through his rookie season, uh, particularly uh, offensively. And you saw a taste of you, you saw a little bit of that tonight. Um, he's a guy I'd throw on a watch list, but I'm not in like a serious way where I'm expecting to probably add him at some point. It's just sort of interesting, you know, maybe he can carve out a larger role as the year goes on, maybe find some rounds, a three-point specialist. He hit five in this game, by the way. I don't think I, I mentioned that part. So 23 points, five three-pointers in 27 minutes. Something just to keep an eye on. Off the bench, the only two guys you really pay attention to are Dennis Schroeder, who in 30 minutes in this one, he scored 24 points to go with four rebounds, nine assists, uh, a steal, and three three-pointers. That's an HB sixer right there. And then Nerland's Noel, uh, the reserve to the stars, but one of my favorite guys in fantasy because he's just so, you know, people don't really appreciate what he brings to the table. 12 points on six of seven shooting, five rebounds, four steals and a block shot, two turnovers. He is a guy, uh, definitely easier to stomach in Roto, but frankly, I think he should be 
on head-to-head teams as well. He's been easily a top 75 guy all year round. I don't care if Steven Adams is there for the rest of the season. He has fantasy value, and he should be on fantasy teams. And uh, that uh, that's pretty much it. I don't think there's anyone else of any significance here. What about you, Kurt? Is there something I missed? No, you didn't. I just piggyback what you said on Noel. I think he's owned in pretty much all leagues. And the one tidbit I'll throw out there is Steven Adams on the last month is number 134 in 9-cat, less than 10 points, only 8.8 rebounds, 0.7 steals, which he normally does better in, and 0.9 blocks. So I don't know how well he'll bounce or how high he'll bounce up, but I don't think I think his value will probably never be lower than it is now. Um, he's been a little banged up this year, so maybe there's some reason for concern there. But if you're looking for a buy low candidate, he's he's a decent one in my eyes. I agree. Uh, on the king side, we're still missing our guy Rashawn Holmes, which has uh, been pretty painful. And he's been putting out some strange tweets. He put out a, a tweet where it was like, I, I think it was all sad faces. And then he put out that one that's like the... I don't know what to call the face. It's not a happy face, just like 10 of them. And so it's (laughs) kind of curious. I'm hoping he's not getting some kind of news like, bro, you're out for the season, or we're trading you to a place where you're not going to have relevance. I don't know, but it's definitely interesting. Uh, Also still don't have Bagley with that foot issue. Kind of a bummer there for another one of our Hoopball 6 guys. Anyway, with that, Nemanja Bialica, who in the last month has been the best player on this team, number 28 in 9-cat, has been going on a terror, 14-8, and 2.4 triples, 2.8 assists, 1.2 steals. You know the drill. He's tearing it up. But he was ice cold tonight with no points, no rebounds, no steals, no blocks, no threes, and a strange five-assist line. Actually, that's his only stat. His only stat is five assists and some missed shots. So don't drop there. He's had, I don't know, some kind of rabbit's foot or something in his pocket this year where every time you think he's going to fall off because he's going to get pushed out of the rotation, he finds a way to survive. I heard somebody joke that he's putting something in the in the Gatorade bucket, and I don't know. It, it's just kind of funny. Anyway, don't drop him. Harrison Barnes, I don't think he's a must-own standard league guy. Eight and three with an assist. Not much else to speak of. Deadman has some life while these big guys are out. Again, probably not a standard league guy. Maybe you could stream him in a 14-16 teamer if you need some big stats. If he gets traded, you're probably going to want to pick him up real quick, uh, depending on where he lands. And got that 1-1-1 potential. Deer and Fox, 19-5, two steals, missed two free throws. Um, just with the kind of blowout factor here, all these guys' minutes were a little low. Bogdanovich continues to start over Buddy Heald. He had probably the best line on the team tonight with 23-5, and five, two assists, one steal, three triples, solid 10-19 shooting. Buddy Heald off the bench, which we thought, you know, this is going to be a great move after he scored 42 in the last game. Tonight, uh, quite the turn, 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, three threes. That's uh, still serviceable, 23 minutes. I'm not sure exactly how this bench roll is going to pan out for him, but I I don't think – I really don't think it's going to affect his value too much, as we saw in the last game. You know, this is a little bit to be expected after that, law of averages kind of thing. Other than that, 
maybe keep an eye, deep leaguers maybe keep an eye on Harry Giles, 10 and 6 with a steal and two blocks, but only 17 minutes. So that's not really replicable. Uh, Kent Bazemore exists, not a standard league guy. I don't have much here, Alan. Do you have any takes on these guys? Uh, no. I mean, the Kings are a pretty gross team as far as uh, NBA basketball teams go. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. All the Buddy Hield moved to the bench is like is it like the trying to just audition Bogdan Bogdanovich to to interested suitors? I mean, he's been on the trade block all year, so it's not like interest isn't there. But maybe just throw him out in the starting lineup and have him go crazy with the starters, and they're just like, eh, see, maybe uh, throw us uh, some extra picks, maybe an extra young guy. This guy's got some game. Could be. <laughs> I I don't have anything yeah. to back it up, but I could see it being a motivational factor too. Like he's he's been. Kind of a little disappoint, at least from a fantasy standpoint, a little disappointing this year. So I don't know. Maybe it's a thing to a move to inspire him, but we'll see. Yeah, the, from the cryptic Rashawn Holmes tweets to Buddy Heald publicly trying to rip Luke Walton's head off every game. <laughs> this team could use a little more inspiration. Yeah, for um, sure. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, that's ugh. yeah. Nothing else to add here. <laughs> Should just uh, move on to the next one. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, so final game of the night, the Houston Rockets visiting the Portland Trail Blazers. Why do I feel like this is a game that's happened like six times this season? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit, very, I don't know. Uh, Russell Westbrook is on a heater right now. He's been playing out of his mind. He was great in this one. 39 points on 16 of 29 shooting, uh, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He grabbed 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, a block shot, a three-pointer, 6 turnovers. But you don't even really care about that because he – Shot really well from the floor. He hit all of his free throws. Uh, he did a lot of really cool uh, Russell Westbrook things in this game. So, fantastic line from him in this one. Uh, his counterpart, however, is definitely still struggling. James Harden, who made a return after a couple games on the sidelines. He played 38 minutes, but only scored 18 points on 18 shots. Five rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks, two threes. Also 6-6 six, six from the line. He's probably still playing hurt, to be honest. Um, wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. Clint Capella also returned from, uh, I think it was like a two-game absence or something. It was with his heel. He only played 17 minutes, scored two points, grabbed seven rebounds, had an assist. Did he? He didn't leave this game early. That's a very strange line for him. You know, we record these podcasts before the last game ends, so I'm not quite sure what happened there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty weird. Maybe he's also still playing hurt, or maybe he got re-injured. You guys will probably know that one. I'll, I'll look into it when we sort of have a transition here. But yeah, rough game from him. P.J. Tucker scored five points, nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, and three-pointer. He's slowly starting to turn it back around, not really to the point where he's like super intriguing. Um, but, you know, over his last six games, he's been a top 70 player in nine cat. Some of that's come, obviously, with... Uh, Harden missing some time. Westbrook missed a game in there. Capella missed some uh, some time as well. But it's helped him sort of get back into a groove, um, at least in terms of like the, the the counting stats. His shot's still way off. He, he's only been shooting thirty percent over that span, but he has been grabbing seven rebounds a game, um, a steal and a half and half a block, and probably a pretty unsustainable three and a half assists per game. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely taking a very cautious approach, but I, I do like. 
that's that he started to get more just counting stats because you know he, there was a stretch there where he was just doing nothing but putting up zeros. So it's gonna be a slow climb back up for him, but he's probably not a guy that I'm all that interested in at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Eric Gordon stuck uh, stuck around in the starting lineup, scored eight points on two of ten shooting, two assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, Kurt and I have been very clear on our takes on Eric Gordon. We do not like him pretty much at all. Uh, not even for the three pointers. We've mentioned a litany of other players on this pod uh, that we'd rather have for that skill set than him. So stay steer clear. You could continue to if you guys have been listening to us. And then uh, Daniel House, who's been playing pretty well recently, uh, again probably because of the huge spike in usage that he'd be able to see without Harden around. He played 24 minutes, scored six points on uh, two of eight shooting, two three pointers. Four rebounds and three assists and a block shot. The the, the three-point attempts are nice, um, but the shooting's still not quite there. Similar to P.J. Tucker, we're going to need to see a little bit more before I can fully trust him again, but he's slowly putting some more stuff together. Um, yeah, man, I can't really figure out what happened with Clint Capella here. I don't know if you saw anything while I was uh, rambling on there, but, you know, <laughs> There's not a whole lot of. It's not like there's like big men that really stepped into place without him. I mean, I know he like PJ Tucker. I, I'm assuming probably played a bunch of five without Capella in this one. Do you have uh, any word on that? All I'm all I'm seeing, and this was before the game. You know, they were they were. It, it seemed like a game time decision whether he would play because of a heel. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no word of an injury or if that flared up, but. If I were to guess, I'd say probably they, maybe it, it flared up a little and they just want to play it safe. But as of right now, we I can't find anything that can confirm that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, gosh, the other thing, just James Harden is so quiet. Uh, you'd probably think I was crazy if I said he's a, a fourth round player in the last 30 days, mainly because of the field goal percentage but if there's never a time to buy low on him it's right now mm-hmm. and Definitely. speaking of somebody who might get it done damian lillard on the flip side has been white hot number three in the last 30 days in that span he's shooting almost 48 percent from the field 87 from the stripe on a high volume 8.6 attempts almost 33 points Almost five boards, eight assists, one steal, 4.6 three-pointers. Yeah, he's had some monster games in there that have really beefed that up. The 61-pointer, the 50-pointer, the 47-pointer. Um, but this is a, a realistic time where Damian Lillard might be able to reel in Harden for you. And looking at the numbers right now, they're just so juicy for him. So it, I understand if it's hard to pull the trigger on that with as hot as Lillard is and as cold as Harden is, but, I mean, I feel like most people will tell you that you want to be on the Harden side there. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as our, our buddy Dan Vesper says, usually when you're selling somebody high to buy somebody else low, you're going to feel a little sick about it, like you don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that's uh, indicated that it's a good trade. Anyway, tonight he went off again, triple-doubled, almost quadruple-double if you factor in turnovers. 36 points, 
10 boards, 11 assists, one steal, six threes, eight of 10 from the uh, free, sorry, free throw line, try again there, and 11 of 21 from the field. Only really hurt you with the eight turnovers, but with that stat line, who really cares? Uh, CJ McCollum, 22, five and three, two steals, two blocks, one triple. Whiteside, 15 and 10 with five blocks. Loving owning him where I have him and was able to grab him in the sixth, seventh round in a lot of drafts. Carmelo Anthony, 6 and 13, five dimes, one steal. He's been uh, surprisingly relevant for standard leaguers. Caleb Swanigan got seven minutes off the bench. This guy, I only mentioned his name because last year, before Mitchell Robinson became a thing, Caleb Swanigan and Mitchell Robinson were putting up similar stats in the G League or I don't know if it's G League or, or Summer League, whatever it was. And he was a guy that was averaging, just off memory, I'm probably wrong on this, somewhere like three and a half or four blocks a game. So I was super intrigued by him and it never panned out for him. Kind of it sort of panned out for Mitch Rob. We're definitely way higher on him. Other than that, Gary Trent was okay from the bench for a deep leaguers. 10-5-3, two assists, or sorry, two steals, two triples. Not much else going on here. Um, Alan, I guess really what I'm curious to your thoughts on are, are Damian Lillard. Would you be trying to sell him? If so, for who? Do you like the Harden idea? Would you go a different direction with it? What's your take? I'm, I'm glad that you roped the your right back around to that point about the Lillard-Harden swap because I think that's the take of the night. I, I think that's perfect. You like uh, that one? I think that's perfect, yeah. James Harden is definitely at the lowest point he probably will be all season, and Damian Lillard could be close to the highest point that he's been all season. You know, he's been pretty up and down, uh, Lillard has been, especially with the shot, and for completely understandable too because his supporting cast just has been dropping like flies all year but you know there's been sort of like a law of averages thing going on with him when this recent run where all the shots are going in he's just been he's been really 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 good um i'm I'm all for it james harden is a very unique first round fantasy player he could change your team dramatically when he's on he's not going to just become a fourth round player for the rest of the way um, he's playing hurt right now. This is the opportunity, frankly, if there ever was one. I think that's a perfect call uh, on your part. Thanks, man. Yeah, go get him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Caleb Swanigan thing's fun. Uh, I, I like uh, – I like, yeah, funny enough, he actually started his career in Portland and then got traded to Sacramento and then traded back to Portland. And he's always been one of those guys that I keep on my watch list because I remember – Me too. Rookies, yeah, in his rookie season, he just had – he had like one or two games where he—he—he's kind of like a Scal Labissier feel to him, you know. Like yeah. he has a stat set that it seems like always very intriguing, but he's just never been able to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, <laughs> great minds think alike, huh? Yeah, we both—he's—he's <laughs> he, perpetually sitting on our watch list, but he's there nonetheless. Join yeah. us, if you will. Throw, yeah. throw the star on him. Yes, sir. Um, and with that, yes, one it. more time, let me say, I'd rather yes. have Kobe. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Oh, man, yes, uh, absolutely. And I think with that, we will close out our show here. That will do it for all of the six games on the docket. Um, yeah, man, this was a really fun one. It was a lot easier to breeze through these and actually get to talk about some of these games. 
Uh, Kurt, where can the good people find you to talk about more fantasy basketball? Good people, if you know, if you want some more out of me, and Alan, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Captain Canegas. Link in the description. Uh, hit us up with questions, trades, ads, drops, and we get back to you within the day, usually sooner than that. But uh, yeah, Alan, where can you be found? You can find me at my name, also be in the description, but you can find me at, at Alan Strokey, A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I. Um, love taking questions, love talking to all you guys. You guys make me feel like a better fantasy player because I have to do all these different research uh, little things to try and get all to get the best answers possible for your questions. So I love it. Kurt loves it. Just send them our way and we will be happy to answer them. And if you stay to the end of this podcast, send Kurt and I a tweet with the word, uh, what's in my room right now? Water bottle. <laughs> tweet us at water bottle if you made it through the show. Let us know what you think. This is us signing off. We will catch you guys next time. Have a great night. More morning. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.